Section 1 of The Elements of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Esther. The Elements of Geology by William Harmon Norton. Preface and Introductory Note. Geology is a science of such rapid growth that no apology is expected when from time to time a new textbook is added to those already in the field. The present work, however, is the outcome of the need of a textbook of a very simple outline, in which causes and their consequences should be knit together as closely as possible, a need long felt by the author in his teaching, and perhaps by other teachers also. The author has ventured, therefore, to depart from the common usage which subdivides geology into a number of departments, dynamical, structural, physiographic, and historical, and to treat in immediate connection with each geological process the landforms and the rock structures which it has produced. It is hoped that the facts of geology and the inferences drawn from them have been so presented as to afford an efficient discipline in inductive reasoning typical examples have been used to introduce many topics and it has been the author's aim to give due proportion to both the wide generalizations of our science and to the concrete facts on which they rest there have been added a number of practical exercises such as the author has used for several years in the classroom these are not made so numerous as to displace the problems which no doubt many teachers prefer to have their pupils solve impromptu during the recitation but may, it is hoped, suggest their use. In historical geology, a broad view is given of the development of the North American continent and the evolution of life upon the planet. Only the leading types of plants and animals are mentioned, and special attention is given to those which mark the lines of descent of forms now living. By omitting much technical detail of a mineralogical and paleontological nature, and by confining the field of view almost wholly to our own continent, space has been obtained to give to what are deemed for beginners the essentials of the science a fuller treatment than perhaps is common. It is assumed that field work will be introduced with the commencement of the study. The common rocks are therefore briefly described in the opening chapters. The drift also receives early mention, and teachers in the northern states who begin geology in the fall may prefer to take up the chapter on the Pleistocene immediately after the chapter on glaciers. Simple diagrams have been used freely, not only because they are often clearer than any verbal statement, but also because they readily lend themselves to reproduction on the blackboard by the pupil. The text will suggest others which the pupil may invent. It is hoped that the photographic views may also be used for exercises in the classroom. The generous aid of many friends is recognized with special pleasure. To Professor W. M. Davis of Harvard University, there is owing a large obligation for the broad conceptions and luminous statements of geologic facts and principles with which he has enriched the literature of our science, and for his stimulating influence in education. It is hoped that both in subject matter and in method the book itself makes evident this debt but besides a general obligation shared by geologists everywhere, and in varying degrees by perhaps all authors of recent American textbooks in earth science, there is owing a debt direct and personal. The plan of the book, with its use of problems and treatment of landforms and rock structures, 
in immediate connection with the processes which produced them, was submitted to Professor Davis, and, receiving his approval, was carried into effect, although without the sanction of precedent at the time. Professor Davis also kindly consented to read the manuscript throughout, and his many helpful criticisms and suggestions are acknowledged with sincere gratitude. Parts of the manuscript have been reviewed by Dr. Samuel Calvin and Dr. Frank M. Wilder of the State University of Iowa, Dr. S. W. Bayer of the Iowa College of Agriculture and Mechanic Arts, Dr. U. S. Grant of Northwestern University, Professor J. A. Udden of Augustina College, Illinois, Dr. C. H. Gordon of the New Mexico State School of Mines, Principal Maurice Ricker of the High School, Burlington, Iowa, and the following former students of the author who are engaged in the earth sciences. Dr. W. C. Alden of the United States Geological Survey and the University of Chicago. Mr. Joseph Sniffen, instructor in the Academy of the University of Chicago, Morgan Park. Professor Martin Irons, Fort Worth University, Texas. Professor A. M. Jane, Dakota University. Professor G. H. Bretnell, Monmouth College, Illinois. Professor Howard E. Simpson, Colby College, Maine. Mr. E. J. Cable, instructor in the Iowa State Normal College. Principal C. C. Gray of the High School Fargo, North Dakota. And Mr. Charles Persons of the High School Hannibal, Missouri. A large number of the diagrams of the book were drawn by Mr. W. W. White of the Art School of Cornell College. To all these friends and to the many who have kindly supplied the illustrations of the text, whose names are mentioned in an appended list, the writer returns his heartfelt thanks. William Harmon Norton, Cornell College, Mount Vernon, Iowa, July 1905 Introductory Note During the preparation of this book, Professor Norton has frequently discussed its plan with me by correspondence and we have considered together the matters of scope, arrangement, and presentation. As to the scope, the needs of the young student, and not of the expert, have been our guide. The book is therefore a textbook, not a reference volume. In arrangement, the twofold division of the subject was chosen because of its simplicity and effectiveness. The principles of physical geology come first, the several chapters are arranged in what is believed to be a natural order, appropriate to the greatest part of our country, so that from a simple beginning a logical sequence of topics leads through the whole subject. The historical view of the science comes second, with many specific illustrations of the physical processes previously studied, but now set forth as part of the story of the earth, with its many changes of aspect and its succession of inhabitants. Special attention is here given to North America, and care is taken to avoid overloading with details. With respect to method of presentation, it must not be forgotten that the textbook is only one factor in good teaching, and that in geology, as in other sciences, the teacher, the laboratory, and the local field are other factors, each of which should play an appropriate part. The text suggests observational methods but it cannot replace observation in field or laboratory. It offers certain exercises, but space cannot be taken to make it a laboratory manual as well as a book for study. It explains many problems, 
but its statements are necessarily more terse than illustrative descriptions that a good and experienced teacher should supply. Frequent use is made of induction and inference in order that the student may come to see how reasonable a science is geology, and that he may avoid the too common error of thinking that the opinions of authorities are reached by a private road that is closed to him. The further extensions of this method of presentation is urged upon the teacher, so that the young geologist may always learn the evidence that leads to a conclusion, and not only the conclusion itself. W. M. Davis, Harvard University, Cambridge, Massachusetts, July 1905. End of Section 1